0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 25 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff, or Chaos for short. I'm your host, Zach Lyons, and this week we are celebrating Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff turning one year old! Episode 1 went live on May 9th, 2018, and this episode will be out in the world on May 8th, 2019. It's... Not always easy getting a new guest for nearly every episode, so I just want to throw a big shout out to all the previous guests I've had from the last year, including a newcomer for this episode who some of you might recognize from a handful of Super Nerd Pals episodes, Joe Brunette. Hey. Did I pronounce that right?
1: You did. Cool. I'm that guy Hello. that yells a lot.
0: <laughs> so, first question I'll ask you, as I ask basically every guest, is how familiar are you with the Kingdom Hearts series? Very. Very? Very. D- define very.
1: Uh, I've been playing them since the first one.
0: Okay, so and have you played like all of them?
1: I have, and oh, I get the man. feeling we're going to be talking about 3 for a while, because I, yeah. I, I think <laughs> we're going to be on very opposite spectrums of uh, what we're going to have to say about that.
0: Okay, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be like a deep dive into 3. If, if ah, someone's sure. listening and you haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3, we're not going to be going huge into spoilers, I don't think. I don't think um, we have the, enough time. Yeah, the main topic, because Kingdom Hearts and other stuff is turning one, I kind of want to talk about anniversaries and milestones and Eesh. things like that. So I, I, I'm i pretty excited that I like reached this point because I just started the podcast as just a way to talk about my favorite game series to people because I didn't really have many people in my like actual real-life day-to-day interactions that I can talk to about it.
1: Yeah, it tends to be like that with a lot of things.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, like, I've got gamer friends and whatnot, but most of them here where I live aren't into Kingdom Hearts or RPGs in yeah. general, so it's just not something I get to talk about very often. So, it was an outlet for me to kind of nerd out, and it's also worked out that it's such a nice way for me to just catch up with friends in general that I haven't talked to in a long time, some oh, family members, some cousins. So, it's it's been really nice. Even if I never, like, get a quote-unquote big listenership, I still just enjoy doing it because it's fun
1: yeah just do what you do if you enjoy it yeah
0: yeah exactly since you already mentioned kingdom hearts 3 uh that that was a big milestone for the series this year obviously uh kingdom hearts 1 came out in 2002 and a couple years ago they celebrated 15 years with things like the kingdom hearts orchestra tour and just more new trailers for kingdom hearts 3 and that was like the The 1.5 and 2.5 compilations were out for that, and they just used all that to kind of hype up for Kingdom Hearts 3 for the 15-year anniversary. As you should. Yeah, definitely. And I was thinking earlier, like, what other series have done to celebrate Milestones, and Final Fantasy, when they turned 20, they released Dissidia, like, the first Dissidia game on the PSP, and that was a big thing for them because it was their, like, first major Final Fantasy crossover game, I think.
1: To in my the years since, yes,
0: yeah, in the years since they've done like a couple other Dissidia sequels and spinoffs, yeah, the World they've of had one, plenty.
1: Uh, World of Final Fantasy come to mind. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, I love World of Final Fantasy so much. That was such a good one, and I want another. We don't have to talk but, about um, all the
1: bravest. Though. we can ignore that one. Which one? Uh, all, all the bravest. bravest. Yeah. Uh, but play. like
0: that's that's an example though. Like since Dissidia, they've done all the bravest. They've done Record Keeper. They've done Brave XVS. They've done so many mobile games that are like basically fan celebrations yeah. or celebrations of the series for the fans. And that all started when the series turned 20 and Kingdom Hearts is going to turn 20 in just three years. So I'm interested to see if they do anything big for it.
1: I'd have to imagine.
0: I I personally, because for 15 years they did the orchestra tour and they've only kept that up. Like this year they've got the orchestra tour, trace or something like that i can't remember the official title but it's like including kingdom hearts 3 music now that the game's out yeah and i'd love to see them come out with even something as small as kingdom hearts theater rhythm
1: that would be interesting
0: did you play the final fantasy theater rhythm
1: games i'm familiar with them but i'm not i've never actually uh dived into them
0: no i i got like super hardcore into them for a while i i always go through like phases with rhythm games like I always enjoy them, but there's sometimes where like they're all I play, and there's a good probably year where I was just hardcore into theater than Final Fantasy, and then later Curtain Call, and like obviously it's a bit different because Final Fantasy has many 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 games.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's got like a treasure twenty years from. worth of music.
0: Yeah, well, exactly, and the first one came out in 2012, which was after like a couple years after they turned twenty. And so they had so many games to pull from, all with unique soundtracks. Whereas Kingdom Hearts, like, even though there's lots of games, there's over a dozen games in the series now, but a lot of the tracks are, like, remixes yeah. or uh, – not remixes, but – Rearranges. Uh, yeah, rearrangements. That's one. So they're there a handful of core songs that have been rearranged and remade a lot of times. But they've also got, like, all the different world themes, all the different character themes, and I feel like now they're at a point where they do have enough – unique songs that they can make a theater rhythm game from it absolutely and that's something i'd really love to see because it doesn't have to be some big major that would be enough for me to say hey happy 20th anniversary kingdom hearts here's music because people love music from the series
1: it's some good music
0: so i'd be i'd be keen on that what do you think what do you think they should do for 20 years of kingdom hearts
1: for 20 years of kingdom hearts it's a little, it's a little hard to say, cause Kingdom Hearts exists in this weird space where it's already got compilations. Yeah. It, it already has. I, I don't know if it it, it has outside uh, mediums, which it could probably tackle. I could see a stage play.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I could, that'd be I could see
1: something being incorporated into Disneyland or World.
0: Ah oh, man, I would love that. Which is
1: <laughs> honestly, to this day, is shocking. They haven't.
0: Yeah, well, it, it certainly doesn't, like, it's, it's, the people who enjoy Kingdom Hearts are usually super into it and super uh, dedicated and hardcore fans. Passionate, that's the word I'm thinking of, yeah, they're passionate. passionate about it, but it's not necessarily as widespread a fan base as things like Star Wars or no, the Marvel Universe not. and Toy Story and whatnot, like. So, I can kind of understand why they haven't like made a Kingdom Hearts ride or anything. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be nice to see. But even the then, series I, I'm, represented I'm shocked. There's nothing.
1: More. In terms of like a store.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just
1: anything, because I, I mean, in yeah. uh, Universal Studios, they have an entire shop de- they, they have an entire section of the park dedicated to Harry Potter, an entire shop dedicated to just buying wands and Yeah. and all that crazy nonsense.
0: Yeah, no, I think even just like one. Kingdom Hearts store would be awesome. Like they've got in Japan, they've got the is it Artnea or something like that, the cafe that always gets themed differently. Oh, they always Like those, those, whatever always Square Enix for something. Yeah, like there's a there's a Square Enix cafe that gets themed different ways depending on what games they're trying to promote at the time. They've done it with Final Fantasy and with Kingdom Hearts and with Dragon Quest and with other things. And it'd be great if they just had a, like an Artnea cafe in Disneyland that was specifically for Kingdom Hearts. Like, that'd be cool as hell. Yeah. But, you never know. We'll see. It could happen. It's three years away.
1: Yeah. I mean, crazier things have happened.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, just, but we'll do this real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but what are your thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 3, since you mentioned we're probably on opposite ends of the spectrum there?
1: Uh, I won't be super blunt, but uh, divisive, to say the least. <laughs>
0: That's all right. I Divisive felt, is okay. I, uh, I think it's important to criticize and nah, nah, of course, but I, I don't wanna, point out issues you I don't want to just come enjoy. up
1: right off the bat and be like, hey man, thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Team Mark 3 sucks! <laughs> <Game> <laughs> no, man, I, really. I
0: fully encourage different viewpoints.
1: Uh, I felt it was a very weak game. Okay. Uh, and I, I really feel like the story didn't really go anywhere until the last couple hours of the game, which...
0: Basically, it, it, post-Disney World. Yeah,
1: it was nice to see, but it, it the, the build-up was a little too long because it felt like it was building up to nothing and then when it finally got there, it's like it, it was practically a different game at that point.
0: Sure. There it's were, like the Disney World exploration is part one and it, the yeah, rest of the game is the, part two. The first two. half
1: is like filler and then the second half is what everyone came here for, the plot, mm. which that's also divisive. But, I will yeah, say, it's... the game did have a lot of uh, despite the the issues I might have with it, gameplay and story aside, it did have a lot of nice moments in it. Not yeah, to get too definitely. specific. Uh, the moment with uh, Sora and all the users from the mobile game.
0: Oh, yep, yep. To from be, as, Union to be Cross. as
1: non-specific as possible. That's okay. Uh, well, because I, I, people might have still not played it, so I don't want to I don't want to be sure. that
0: guy. Sure. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, for like the next three or four minutes, and if we get to three or four minutes and it's still spoiler territory, then I'll say, oh, we're still spoiling." Okay. But we'll say for right now, three or four minutes, and we'll do some spoilers. Okay. So you're talking about the bit where he's fighting and he gets the, the help from the Union Cross Yeah, characters.
1: and the, the the command list was just the names of a bunch of users. Yeah. That that was really I, nice. I I can appreciate that.
0: I thought that was really cool.
1: I enjoyed most of the characters' reunions, like uh, Roxas and Zion and Axel,
0: and also Aqua Terra Ven.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was getting to them too. The the yeah, the, sure. The tri- the ma- basically the trios.
0: The trios, yeah, yeah, definitely. Which
1: was nice to see because the, these characters haven't interacted with each other in at this point years because these games are years apart.
0: I actually thought it was quite poignant because I, I doubt this was intentional, but how. At the end of Birth by Sleep, they're like, oh, uh, Aqua's been in the realm of darkness for 10 years, and Birth by Sleep came out around 10 years ago, so it's almost like fans who have played every game since release, it's like she has been down there for 10 years, and so you've been waiting that long for her to come out, and I thought that, like, that's pretty cool, and people who just start the game now and play uh, all the way through won't have that gravitas to it.
1: Yeah. It's definitely one of those things you you can only really appreciate in retrospect because years yeah. from now that that's just gonna be like a footnote.
0: Yeah, definitely. That people are
1: gonna be like, "Oh, that's interesting." Mm. It it definitely does have some uh, it has some weight to it because it, it's it's been talked about for a long time. Three is just it, it was it was basically a meme for a long time. Yeah, like, to
0: me. I kind of agree with what you're saying about how it was a bit of a letdown. Like, I enjoyed more than I didn't. but um, That's fair. I think the way that they talked up the Disney worlds, I was expecting them to have more importance. Like, you go back and look through the Disney worlds. I think the Disney worlds had most importance in Kingdom Hearts 1 because yes. there was the princesses of heart that actually played a role. And then now they were kind of hyping up in the game, the like Marluxia and Larxene trying to keep an eye on the new Princesses of Heart, okay? That's a convenient way to shoehorn newer Disney properties into it instead of using the old, like, 20, 30-year-old princesses. Fair enough, okay, whatever. You gotta get that
1: new stuff in there.
0: Yeah, but as soon as you left the worlds, they they weren't mentioned again. No. Like, the Princesses of Heart didn't have any importance like they did in Kingdom Hearts 1. You saved their world and you moved on and that's it. You only go back for minigames and side missions.
1: I think it's a game that Kingdom Hearts fans will definitely eat up
0: yeah
1: what i agree as a general just game as is mm-hmm. i think it's pretty mediocre
0: fair enough but i mean I, I guess the flip side of that is it's supposed to be for the fans yeah, right? yeah it's uh it's for the people who have stuck it out through all those games yeah because yeah, I, said-
1: I would have the exact same argument if you were to say like yeah don't Man Cry Five is cool, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff here that's just for the fans, and it would be like, "Yeah, well, and it's like yeah. with a
0: with a game that's got five in the title or three in the title." Well, yeah, it, it's a little a bit of preamble that, there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little
1: expected that you know that some of this is some of this might not necessarily be for you.
0: For sure, no, I I can appreciate and respect what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I don't, I just don't want to come across as uh you know.
0: Oh no no, you're all good. I don't want to be that guy. I, I've heard a lot of different takes on Kingdom Hearts 3, and that's far from the spiciest. <laughs>
1: well, I, yeah. Then again, I, I, a lot of people on the internet just seem to... Their main MO doesn't really seem to get their point across. It, it seems to be get it across, but also be as uh, snarky as possible. Yeah.
0: Like, what gets me is people who go on to... like who. Continue to follow Kingdom Hearts social media accounts and anytime they make a post about anything. They're like, this is great But why would you make the game garbage? Okay, go away like it, that's not constructive. That's not helpful uh, you're, you're you're not Whatever. You're
1: trolling at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly
1: that, But like there's a place for that and you're clearly not at the right place
0: Sure, I am interested to see what the DLC brings and I do like that they released critical mode for free Like one of the biggest complaints from people is that even on proud mode, it was super easy, which I play on proud mode to have a bit of a challenge, but I didn't want it to be impossible. I'm not a fan of critical mode in kingdom hearts games because I die a lot and it frustrates me. But so I, I'm usually a big fan of proud because it's enough of a challenge to have fun and like try harder, but I don't just constantly die. And I, and I, I did play through proud mode thinking this is, shockingly easy. <laughs> it, it's a
1: very easy game. Uh, the older games are a bit more, tech. I want to say technically sound, because there's a lot more going on during those fights. Specifically because the... Uh, it's a little hard to explain, but the way the the game is designed, the the boss fights aren't exactly super scripted, so it's very easy to sure. just... Sort of learn patterns and learn ca- boss... Uh, yeah, I your get you can the Frame data and all that and with this it's it's built a little bit more like stuff's just kinda happening.
0: I think one of my biggest problems with the with the gameplay and combat in Kingdom Hearts three is the Disney attraction flows. Like every almost every other mechanic throughout the series has an explanation, whether it's convoluted and silly or not. Yeah, like things are explained. Like Kingdom Hearts two, so has got a new outfit. Your outfit is your power. Like you yeah. can you can gain new abilities with your outfits and you get these different forms which change your clothes and that's kind of cool like it's kind of silly to think about but yeah. like there's an explanation to his different powers having different outfits with them. It's funny you mentioned that, part three they never, never, three at never all. once explain why Sora can call upon the power of these Disney rides like and even in critical mode you know there's an ability where you can turn off att- attraction flow which is really great because it adds a bit of a challenge because you don't have to lean on them as a crutch. But there's still moments in the game where, like in the, to be less spoilery, the uh, Rock Titan at the beginning yeah. of the game in, in. I was gonna say Asgard. That's not right at all. Olympus <laughs> Coliseum. Olympus, Olympus. Yeah, Olympus. You can tell where Coliseum. my mind's at after watching Endgame three times. <laughs> um, now after the during the Rock fight, Titan fight in Olympus, there's the mandatory use of the big mountain train ride, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. And that's not the only time in the game where you have to use that command to complete the fight. Really? Yeah. Like during one of the spoiler moments at the end in the Alright, everybody spoiler moment for like five seconds. <laughs> uh during the Thousand Heartless fight or whatever. Yeah you, you finish that by doing another train ride.
1: Oh you do? I completely forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, and spoilers. So that happens. <laughs> I totally forgot that. Um, that even happens? In- so there are multiple points in the game where that happens, and like even if you play critical mode and have attraction flow turned off, those moments still happen because that's how the yeah, yeah, those fights were built.
1: Yeah, yeah they're, they're kind of just hardwired. Yeah. You can't not have them.
0: Yeah, and there's no explanation from Yen Sid or Mickey or like tutorial, even. Like, you get tutorial saying this is what these are and this is what they do. But there's no rhyme or reason. There's no canon reason why the attractions are there or why you have this power.
1: I'd like for the canon reason to be that Nomura took some money under the table.
0: Yeah. Someone at Disney made him an sure. He's just kind of
1: slid the money in his pocket and he's like, hey, man.
0: Yeah, they're flashy, they're colorful, they're cool looking, but ultimately they seem like one of the most superfluous things in the game. Oh, absolutely! I and I just don't never understood what the point of them was, except to be advertisements for Disney World.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly kind of dreaded uh, even having them because I most of the time I didn't want to use them mm. because they either they're... last too long or they are just. Giant wind buttons because you're yeah. you're just invincible for these long periods where you're doing massive AoE damage.
0: Yeah. There are you a couple of them that them. I actually really like that I thought played well and were fun to use. But there's ones like the pirate ship where it's literally just you're going back and forth. Yes. Yeah, back and forth. It's just a wind or the carousel where it's like it's spinning around and you're pressing X. Yeah. You're, it's spinning it's, around and you're pressing X. Like those are so boring. It, they're legitimately going they to get tiresome to look buttons. at. Yeah. So. I'm not a huge fan of those. I'm not either. But again, I, I don't want to keep the Kingdom Hearts three chat going on too <laughs> long. So, so let's let's keep it. Let's bring it back around to anniversaries and milestones. What is some sort of anniversary or milestone? Can be game related. Doesn't have to be. What's something that uh, you're celebrating or you're looking forward to soon?
1: I don't have a specific date for it, but I can give you a sort of timeline. Sure. I'm effectively. Not actively celebrating, but I, I suppose in this case would be the third year of me starting my video game collection.
0: Uh, define that, like, collection as in I as in I, I buying active, video games, I or actively, like actively searching for games yeah, to collect? Yeah,
1: I, I actively seek out video games to purchase, collect, play. Awesome. Be that uh, systems, games, peripherals.
0: Nice. Yeah. And how's the collection going? Is there anything specific that you're uh, focusing on first, or is it just a little bit of whatever?
1: Uh, It's a little bit of whatever, but uh, typically what I'll go for first are the titles that I either think are standouts that I might want to try. Something that I know is on the system that I've been looking for for some time. Or just the staples that everyone buys. Okay. Like, consider just... Classic PlayStation One games, and sure, I'll see it and go like, "Yeah, I need that." Right. Okay. I I intend to go for uh, the the other sort of superfluous stuff, but mm-hmm. most of that's like sports titles and movie tie-ins. Right. And that stuff you so can I... you can all get in like uh, together because no one wants them.
0: Yeah. 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 Are you trying to get like complete collections of like all PlayStation One games or all Mega nec- Genesis games or anything? Or
1: not necessarily a complete collection. I-, I would like to have just whatever I can think of that I would possibly like. Uh, Neat. If I can one day have a complete collection of uh, something, because I-, I I doubt it's doable. Well, it's, it's doable, but I-, I doubt it's very feasible to get everything.
0: Sure, but. I mean, it's it's feasible, it's doable, but it's probably expensive. It's very expensive. It's not especially a cheap hobby. Considering some, some consoles have, like, over a thousand games on them, physical. Uh, absolutely. I and actually, then especially, uh, especially with modern consoles, like, because there's things like limited run games, yep. which they only make 250 of a yeah. physical game or a thousand of a physical game or something, so you actually have to either buy it when they come out or track it down, in which case it's probably going to be expensive at that point.
1: I actually recently found a website called collection dot gamevalue dot com. Yeah. Collection now dot com. In which you can uh you can price well you can get a price and you can also uh catalog your collection.
0: Nice. It's actually interesting that this is uh your main uh milestone to hit because last episode my friend Josh was on as a guest and his topic was retro game collecting and stuff Ah. because he's been doing some collecting for a little while now too and he i forget the name of the app but he mentioned an app like this is how into it he got it wasn't just like some free site or app he actually paid money to get this app that's like really quality and really thorough and uh making your collections uh, tracking your collections and pricing them and stuff like that so if uh if you've got one that works for you great otherwise if you're looking for something else uh check out that episode episode 24 i just and uh just might and he'll he's got it
1: yeah it's a it's probably not a super interesting hobby to a lot of people but that's the one i like so
0: it's one that if i had a lot of extra money to spend and space to store them i would absolutely get into video game collecting Uh, spaces i like i'd never i never get rid of games even if i haven't played them if i bought them with the intention to play and i haven't played them or if i just played them once beat them and never went back to them whatever i just don't want to get rid of them because i enjoy having them yes And I would love to have, like, I don't even have space to put the games that I've collected over the years just because I play them. Yeah. Like, I've got half them in boxes from retro consoles and stuff just under my bed, but I'd love to have space to do that.
1: A lot of that older stuff tends to take up a lot of space, so I I know your pain.
0: It's just that I'm such a strong proponent for physical media as opposed to digital, It's that I, I can't bring myself to get rid of it.
1: It's a topic that's interesting to discuss when it comes to video games as a whole. Yeah, for
0: sure. Like preservation of the media and whatnot. Well,
1: that that's actually the the main thing I was going to get to. Uh, preservation of a lot of these things is something I don't think we really are as concerned with as we should be.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, there's it's easier to preserve things like books, like literature, yeah, because they they started off physical, like video games started off physical, I suppose too. But it's all a digital medium yeah, in the end, it, even on a disc. Like it's still it's it's digital. tricky. Yeah, so it's it's difficult.
1: Not to mention, people might. uh I know it sounds kind of silly, but people might scoff at the idea of, well, the games aren't going anywhere. Sure. But I'd like to point out that a lot of the the films from the nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. uh, lot ninety percent of the footage from a lot of those movies is gone. Yeah. Because it wasn't preserved right, so those movies are just missing footage forever.
0: That's crazy to like, think about, eh? Yeah,
1: like, that's not coming back. Like, y- you might scoff at the idea of, like, whatever, I can play Mario 64 when I want.
0: But then there's other things, like, I think about PT. And yeah, yeah, how that's... that was, like, that was groundbreaking and incredible when it came out. And then the game got cancelled, obviously, and because it was a digital-only thing... Yep. The, the license was taken away from the store so nobody could download it anymore, and people who had that download but didn't actually have it on their consoles could not install it anymore. And I don't remember. Like, if you have it on your console, can you still access it now? No. Do you know? Sorry? As,
1: as far as I know, no, you can't access it. You can have it on your console, which uh, increases its price exponentially just for having it. Sure. But as far this as I know, they, uh, they released a patch... For or pt in which it makes it unplayable
0: which sucks and which is stupid and absurd and like maybe they have a copy of it that they're holding on to for preservation's sake but like it's just i would hope weird and it i'm a big fan of the telltale game series yeah. most of them and i was crushed when they went under last year and like i understand the conditions and all that and that's another topic for another day Yeah, that's, a, that's an entirely different discussion Long story short, I really enjoy the episodic format, and I was one that always went for the digital versions because I liked playing them as they came out, because I like the whole TV show feel to yeah. it. You, know, you beat it, and then you have to wait for the next episode, and there's that anticipation, and there's that water cooler chat that you can have with other people on forums and stuff. And, what Absolutely. What do you think is going to happen next? And I love that feeling, and so I don't have any of those games, like The Walking Dead, or Wolf Among Us, or Tales from the Borderlands. I don't have any of that physically, and ever since the company's closure last year i'm like i really kind of want to stock up on physical telltale games because if they've gone under they're not going to be available digitally like even if skybound has taken the reins it's not going to be around forever but then i was talking to like i've been following a lot of telltale employees former telltale employees for a long time on twitter Mm -hmm. and there's one that was talking about the games recently and the preservation and I mentioned this to them, and they were like, yeah, well, like, even that's difficult because so many of them, it was, like, the box with a download code yeah. as opposed to the box with a disk. And I'm like, that's so dumb. Yeah. It, it, there's, a lot like, <laughs> of, there's a lot of situations. <laughs> that's such a problem to me. Yeah.
1: Well, imagine, because uh, PT is not the only example of this. There's things like the Scott Pilgrim side-scrolling em Yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 HD, Marvel vs. Capcom 1 HD. Those games just don't exist in the store anymore. So it's either you got them when they were out, or you didn't. Just sucks to be you. Yep. You don't get the play Scout Pilgrim, which in a lot of cases, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people don't even know the game exists.
0: I'm pretty sure I still have it on my 360. You're lucky. So not getting rid of that. But <laughs> yeah, don't. I haven't I haven't brought my 360 out in a long time, so I could be mistaken.
1: Yeah, don't get rid of that. Because stuff like that, it it's it's very easy for just one thing to go wrong and someone pulls a license and then well guess what? It's yep. it just doesn't exist and, on the store anymore.
0: And it's like the three sixty obviously had those problems with uh with the consoles bricking and whatnot. Yeah. And I've had multiple hard three sixty hard drives crash on me in the past. Yeah. It's it, like if that hard drive crashes, I'm not gonna be able to re download it. So I just kinda have to hope that one lasts forever. Yeah,
1: it's it's a it's a dangerous uh very dangerous
0: game of roulette. Yeah, but anyway, we've gone well off topic again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a good topic to get into.
1: Of course, let's uh, let's talk about some of your uh, anniversaries.
0: Yeah, so there's there's one that you know people who listen to the every show on the Super Nerd Pals feed will be very familiar with by now. Uh, Pokemon Snap turned twenty this year. Hey. and people might be familiar with it because for the last seven weeks, I've been releasing a short series about it because it turned 20 in March and it's one of my favorite games. Like I just not necessarily one of my favorite games, but I love it and I just wish it had a sequel. But so, yeah. So because it turned 20, I just wanted to create this short celebration series to say, Hey, these are things I'd like to see in a sequel, or maybe we could do a remake or remaster or stuff like that. So we've talked about, Uh, fan projects things that other people have done to reimagine their own sequels or people take it into vr we've uh, talked about other games with photo modes like the rise in photo modes in games because of social media and stuff and how like now's the perfect time to have a pokemon snap sequel but they just aren't doing it how they've even got labo like the the new labo stuff with vr and everyone's like do pokemon snap do pokemon snap and they're not doing it. Yeah, I don't but, know what
1: um, uh, Nintendo's aversion to Pokemon Snap might be.
0: I don't know. I don't know if, but
1: I I don't know the sales numbers uh particularly well because I'm not uh particularly well versed in specifically Pokemon Snap. But if this is Nintendo we're talking about, since this is Nintendo we're talking about, yeah, uh, it might not have reached sales uh projections it, it, that they it, were looking for.
0: I don't have it up right now. I could bring it up, but I have looked it up throughout the creation of my podcast, okay. and it definitely did do well when it first came out. Like It was in the top uh, selling games for several weeks after it came out. Okay, because uh, So uh, there's there's no problem there.
1: An, an issue Nintendo has, not to get off topic again, but... Sure, sure. Uh, a sort of problem that Nintendo's been having over the years is uh, they don't look f- much further into why a game didn't necessarily do well other than well this mm. didn't do well so people don't want it. Sure. Other M sold terribly and it has a bad reception, so people don't like Metroid, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously.
1: F Zero didn't do great on the GameCube, so people don't like F Zero. Yeah. So.
0: And like there have been so many spin offs for different Pokemon games or in, or uh, sequels to other spin offs, but not yeah, Pokemon. It, it's snap. Just snap. And that's another topic we've discussed. So I don't want to spend too long on this one also because I've got a whole podcast about it. <laughs> but I just wanted to bring it up. Like, if anyone hasn't caught that, the the final episode for the, the the podcast is called Wonderful, A Celebration of Pokemon Snap. Wonderful. And the final episode releases the day after this episode goes live. Hey. And I'm really excited for it because Andy and I uh, had an interview with Stuart Zagnett, who is the voice of Professor Oak. Like, the original voice of Professor Oak from the anime and from Snap. Hey. So that was that was really cool to talk to him. Really nice conversation. I bet. And I just uh, I'd be silly to not bring that up because <laughs> it's the the whole the whole premise of the show was to celebrate 20 years of this game being out. Yeah, celebrate. And celebrate I'm, how you I'm just celebrate. really excited for. Sorry.
1: Celebrate how you want to celebrate.
0: Yeah, and I'm just really excited to have this this interview that we recorded months ago finally get out there in the world because I just I was really. Really pumped about it. Yeah,
1: it has to be satisfying to finally be able to to show it to the public.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I, I started thinking about this series last like September or October, and Andy and I started recording episodes in November, or October or November, and then we ha- interviewed him in December, and so like to not have the episodes go out until March, April, May was a bit of a, like I just want to put it out, but I, I intentionally waited because March is when yeah, yeah. the game. Turn twenty officially. So I started it then and then it turns twenty in the States in like June or July, so I'll be able to just put it out there again and say, hey, this whole series is out, you know. Please enjoy, because I do. So it's it's one of those things that I feel like Nintendo's not gonna do it if they don't think people will buy it. So anything to show them that they're passionate fans out there.
1: Yeah, anything to show them support.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully.
1: But yeah, so uh, uh, another,
0: you know, kind of semi-big milestone for me this year is, uh, in, in two weeks, the, the, actually the next episode, episode 26 of Chaos, will be releasing on my wedding anniversary. Hey. <laughs> it's only a little important.
1: Yeah, you know, just not a big deal or anything.
0: So that's all, that's eight years of marriage. Oh, nice. And then in July will be ten years since my wife and I met. Hey. So that's pretty exciting.
1: Congratulations to... yeah. To the people
0: we've got two lovely kids you have two? have a house yeah two kids
1: huh, i only know about the one
0: <laughs> yeah it's probably because the second one is like a month old
1: yeah that, <laughs> yeah that.
0: he's still pretty new
1: yeah that uh that would explain yeah.
0: that yeah so yeah kingdom hearts and other stuff is one year old pokemon snap is 20 years old my relationship with my wife is 10 years old and our wedding was eight years ago You've been collecting games for three years. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts turns twenty in three years. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's just like a handful of things. There's so many like I know like every year there's games released, right? So every year there's a game re- celebrating a milestone or an anniversary.
1: Uh, I was gonna use it as a, as an example, but it isn't necessarily a milestone as much as it is a time lapse. Sure, what's that? Uh, Devil May Cry five released, which It's been 10 years since a numbered Devil May Cry title.
0: I'd say it's a pretty big milestone. Yeah. Because, like, there's Devil May Cry 1 through 4 and then DMC, right? Yeah. And I've never really gotten huge into the Devil May Cry games. Did 5 tie in DMC with the numbered ones?
1: No, DMC is its own thing.
0: Okay, I wasn't sure.
1: That's cool. 5, however, did basically uh, address a lot of points the fans have been kind of sitting there rocking back and forth in their seats for years and
0: sure so I would say that's definitely like we're not just celebrating anniversaries it's also milestones Kingdom Hearts 3 released this year true 17 years after Kingdom Hearts 1 that's still a big milestone for the series that's so. true like Devil May Cry 5 coming out this year is definitely a milestone for them It's it's been wildly successful for them they can tell that the fan interest is still there so I guarantee they're going to be working on a new one soon no, if abs- they aren't already they're
1: absolutely going to be working on something
0: yeah, I just can't wait for Dante to come into Super Smash Brothers so they can actually be featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series.
1: So, not for nothing, I don't know if you've been on Twitter today. I haven't. But they just confirmed... I mean, I
0: have, but very lately. Th- what? They
1: just confirmed that Devil May Cry 1 is coming to the Switch.
0: Oh yeah, I did see that.
1: And the reason that's interesting is not because Dante is not one on the Nintendo platform... Uh, Hideki Kamiya was tweeted at saying, can, "We should get Dante in Super Smash Brothers," and yep. his reply was, "We'll get Devil May Cry on the Switch first, and then we'll talk." <laughs> so, and now that's happened. I'm not saying Dante's the next Smash character,
0: but you're not saying he's not. But the I, next I'm Smash definitely character. saying he's
1: gonna be the next Smash character, <laughs> and if he's not, Sakurai, I'm gonna write you a very passive-aggressive tweet. <laughs> but then I'm going to delete it and not post it because you're a sweet man and you deserve a vacation. Bless your soul. That man is overworked.
0: Oh, so man. most i most to vacation most of, forever. Most, most video game developers, full stop. Japanese developers, even more so, it seems, just from what I understand of the industry. So, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. He deserves a break. He deserves to make a game that's not Smash Brothers. I, I fully supported when he made kid icarus uprising because it was a break from smash bellies for him and it was doing a project that he wanted to do and i was like good on you you deserve this i want
1: him to make another one
0: yeah man absolutely kid another kid icarus game on the switch would be beautiful absolutely maybe maybe after smash ultimate (sighs) maybe Definitely. Like honestly, how can how can they do more than ultimate right now? I'm sure they can. Every game, it's like this is amazing. How can they best themselves and they've done it every, almost every time? But like, he deserves a break. Getting yeah. every character back yeah. from every previous game in, is in this case, an incredible feat.
1: It's literally a question of what else is there, dude?
0: Yeah. Everyone just, that's ever been literally, in
1: these games is in them.
0: It, it's literally just adding more characters and more stages. Yeah. Making the game even bigger. But man, like, take a break from Smash. I think Smash Ultimate will appease people for a good while to come. I, I hope so. so. just, or even just make that like a legacy game and keep it going, keep adding characters every year. Like, add three, four, add a character every quarter, and that's got that's a regular, consistent job for some people. It adds people to the game. Yeah and then he can focus his efforts on something else that he wants to do more than smash
1: that's not entirely out of the question with the current it seems to be cycle for how fighting games are being developed
0: yeah definitely
1: because i mean games that came out like two years ago are still getting dlc characters now street Fighter 5 is still getting dlc yep. characters
0: wow is it yeah I mean, granted, That's crazy. actually didn't know that. Five
1: seems to be on its last leg, and they've also only unveiled one character for what they've called season four. And it's just—it's wow. just been silent since then. So it's like, well, what? is it over? Are we done?
0: That's crazy. Is there more? Anyway, anyway, I think we can uh, safely wrap this up. I'll just give a shout out. There was a. a my friend Nikolai, who is going to be the guest... Uh, episode one of Kingdom Hearts and other stuff featured my friend Nikolai Nelson, who, like, he would but done podcasting before, and all I'd done is, like, you basically a couple episodes of Super Nerd Pals guesting. But, like, this was my first foray into hosting myself, and I was super, super nervous, and he helped me just kind of ease into it and gave me some pointers and tips. And he was going to be the guest this week, but something came up and he couldn't join me, mm. which is why I put a call out for someone else. So... Just want to give a special shout-out to him because he helped me get Episode 1 going and helped me to encourage me to keep going. And also, uh shout-out to something he was going to shout-out to was Final Fantasy VIII, also turned 20 this year. Hey! And that's that's his favorite game, and I love it as well. It, it gets a lot of undue hate. Yeah. But it would be remiss of me to not give both him and that game a shout-out. So, Joe... Where can listeners find you online if they so choose to find you?
1: You can find me at VenTheHunter at Twitter.com. Okay. You can find me. Uh, you can find me and Andy. Otherwise, Nana is uh, JoeTuna at mm-hmm. our YouTube channel, which was formerly known as Tuna, uh, Tuna Gaming, that has now been rebranded as Thrice Gaming
0: thrice as in the three version of twice yes cool because there's three of us oh nice who's the third
1: our friend mark
0: okay so joe andy and mark e. should be called jam j-a-m
1: uh yeah it should have been, <laughs> been jam gaming no that's it's good
0: no it's all good thrice is good because there's room if uh, any you want to shuffle out at a point and someone else take the place
1: i e. don't that i think that's all right. that's all my plugs
0: cool very good well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I know it was a bit last minute, but it was uh It was good. Yeah, it's totally fun. This has been episode 25 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff. You can find the show on Twitter at ChaosCast. Remember, that's Chaos with a K. And you can find me as well at Zachary P. Lyons. Chaos is a part of the Nerd Pals Network, which you can find at nerdpals.network, and by searching for Super NerdPals on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Hey. As mentioned earlier in the episode, we also currently have the special limited-run show on our feed called Wonderful, a celebration of Pokemon Snap. And again, the final episode of that goes live tomorrow. Thank you again to Joe for joining me, and thanks to Project study for my excellent theme music. Check out more of their music at projectdistati.bandcamp.com. This has been episode 25 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff. May your heart be your guiding key.